this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So as we begin today, uh, let me ask you a question. The question is simply this. What difference does Jesus make in your life? I, I think this is such an important question to reflect upon, to actually think about, regardless of kind of where you are on the spectrum of faith. For those of you that are followers of Jesus, this is a great opportunity to ask yourself the question, how does your faith, how does your belief in Jesus begin to shape your behavior? Like what, what difference does Jesus make in your life on a day-to-day basis? Because oftentimes what people want to see, what people want to know is how does your faith become real? For those of you that perhaps are watching and you're, you're not there yet, you're still asking questions, you're still not even certain who Jesus is and, and whether or not you, you want to explore more, my hope is that as I share a little bit from my life, that this becomes an opportunity to see that, that when we speak about Jesus, when, when we speak about following Jesus, it's, it's not just simply bringing in beliefs and, and following certain rituals, but it's a recognition that Jesus is the one who, who makes a difference, who, who brings transformation into all of life. It's a question that this week uh, I'll be asking uh, the people in person, particularly because we're celebrating baptism. And, and baptism is one of those great celebrations where, where someone comes forward in the front of a group of other people and basically makes that confession, that profession of saying, listen, I want to follow Jesus and I, I want to follow him in all of life. And so as part of that, I always ask them the question, can you share a little bit of how Jesus makes a difference in your life? And so I thought it's only fitting, it's, it's only fair that if I'm asking others to consider that, that I share a little bit from my life as well. There's many things that we could talk about, but as I think about it, particularly this week, particularly in a week where we are celebrating baptism and and in a week that has been incredibly hard and, and difficult for me and my family personally, the place that I would land if I was asked the question, what difference does Jesus make in one word? Hope. This, this incredible reality of, of knowing that God in Jesus is not only with us, but is, but is actively present in the midst of all of life. The good, the bad, the ugly, the, the, the wish you could forget. That, that God is there in the midst of it all, that that, that hope is that reality, that, that we are not expected to do life on our own. It's actually one of the key themes in the Bible. Uh, one of the great followers of Jesus, the, the Apostle Peter, uh, tells people to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Like, like as, as people see you living, like understand, like, like what is your hope? What, what, what is it that, 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 that sustains you, that, that strengthens you, that, that, that enables you to continue to move forward? Another guy, the guy by the name of the Apostle Paul, another one of the great leaders of the early church, speaks often about hope. And I want to turn to one particular place, one particular letter, where, where this theme of hope just begins to exude in the midst of this personal letter that he writes to a group of Christians in, in what we would know today as modern-day Greece. And so here's the context. Paul has gone to Thessalonica, this, this, this incredibly important city, and, and we start to see more and more people become followers of Jesus. But as a result of it, 
they start to face severe persecution because they're no longer giving their allegiance to, to, to the Romans and to Caesar. And as a result, Paul actually has to flee the city out of his own safety. And it's here we're almost left to the place of wondering, what is going to happen to these relatively new followers of Jesus? That, that is, they are now facing persecution. That, that, that they are now facing difficulties and even facing death because of their faith of Jesus. You would almost think that these difficulties would actually snuff out their faith. But remarkably, it actually did the exact opposite. That, that their faith began to grow. Their, their numbers began to increase. And it's in this real personal letter that, that we see Paul reconnecting with these group of individuals whom he loved and whom he shared the faith of Jesus with in, in this incredible way. And, and the letter is short, but it's to the point. It, it starts off with just celebrating the reality of, of their incredible faith that is growing. And then the latter part is him just encouraging them to continue to remain faithful. But today I want to jump into the very first couple of verses where in the very beginning, Paul gives this sense of greeting, and it's here we begin to see what enabled them in the midst of some of the most difficult moments of their lives to continue to remain faithful. So let's jump in and, and begin to have a better understanding. We're going to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and, and it comes across as kind of like regular greetings, but there's a line in there that I just want to land on today. This is what Paul says. He says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, as for you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before God our Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's right there. It's, it's that final line that, that for me, particularly this week, I have just resonated with. Your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. What, what Paul is identifying, what, what he is beginning to witness, is that these followers of Jesus are able to endure not not because they just tried harder, not, not because they just worked longer, not, not just because they, they began to live better lives, but it was ultimately grounded in the hope of Jesus. And if you take time to, to read the rest of this letter, you see how Paul continually comes back to this incredible reality of hope. I, I don't think I'm reading into it too much that if you were to ask these first century Christians, what difference does Jesus make in your life? There, there would be a resounding, we have hope in the midst of all of life. For me, that rings incredibly true. That when I think of my relationship with Jesus, when I think of the reality of my faith and what I believe, how it shapes my behavior, is that it gives me hope. The, the hope and the reminder that, that Jesus is present and that Jesus is active in all of life. As some of you know, and maybe for others, this is going to be the first you hear, this has been a hard and devastating week. 
Tuesday, we received the horrible news, the news you never want to get, that someone you love has died. But what made it worse was that Melanie, our sister-in-law, someone who had such joy and a love for Jesus, suffered terribly from mental illness. And it was this week that we realized that the darkness of her mental illness snuffed out the beauty of her life. And as we have sat and we have faced this reality, there has been so many questions. There has been incredible emotions. There has been a whole lot of tears. And often we continue to come back to the question of the why. Perhaps you've been there. Your circumstances have changed, but you have faced a difficult or devastating reality in life. And you may even wonder, how do I continue? Or maybe if you're a follower of Jesus, you wonder, God, why would you allow this to happen? I think one of my greatest frustrations is that you see it throughout the Bible and you see it in the midst of life, is that often in the places of the why, there is silence. Like God doesn't always answer the why. But what you begin to see is the how. How you are able to move forward. How your faith can become a reality. And as I have sat as I have felt the weight of this week, I was reminded again of the incredible hope of Jesus. This week I had planned to speak on something completely different. But I was drawn back to this book where Paul wrote to the group of Christians in Thessalonica because of one line that he says. In in the very middle of this letter, the Apostle Paul deals with a reality that these early Christians were struggling with as they were watching people lose their lives because of their faith in Jesus. And they were struggling with this reality, struggling with, with what seemed to them the finality of death. And this is what Paul said to them. And this is where I have found comfort this week. In chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Paul says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, We also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. The words that have just been echoing in my mind are the words, we do not grieve like people who have no hope. In the midst of sadness, I have found comfort in knowing that 
Being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that you don't feel the weight of grief, that you don't mourn the loss of loved ones, that you don't, you don't rage against the reality of the difficulties and the devastations of this world. That, that's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But what it does mean is that in the midst of our grief, we have hope. And that was the message of Paul to these first century followers of Jesus, that that you do not grieve like people who have no hope, because we have a hope in the reality of Jesus, in, in the reality of not only knowing his presence with us, but because of his life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, and because of the promise of his return, we know that death is not final. And hope gives us strength to sustain us in the moment and assure us to know that death does not have the final say. As I grieve the loss of Melanie, I find hope in knowing that God will sustain us, but even more so because of her faith in Jesus, that this struggle of mental illness is now over. And that she is now in the incredible presence of Jesus. Hope in Jesus is not wishful thinking. Hope in Jesus is the reality of of his presence with you. This week, the thing I've been thinking of, the image that keeps coming back to me, is how often in these moments we cling to hope. I remember when my children were, were little, particularly my daughter, she would cling to my wife, Rebecca, particularly when she was in unsettling or unfamiliar situations, that, that the strength of a little girl wrapped around her mother's neck, <laughs> it would take many men to pry her from her. She would cling to Rebecca. I love that image. Hope enables us to cling to God. In the unfamiliar, in the difficult moments of life, we are not meant to walk them alone, but to cling to hope, to cling to Jesus. That's why as a church, we talk about Jesus. We want to lead people to Jesus so that their lives can be transformed, so that that they can live with a sense of hope. What difference does Jesus make? He makes all the difference in the world because he is the one. He is the only one who can bring hope in the midst of life and even into death because of who he is, because of what he has done. And so may I leave it with you. Do you have this hope? This hope that will sustain you? This hope that will give you assurance? This hope that you know that God is not only with you, he is for you. And he is actively working in your life.
That's why today, in the midst of the tears, we also have great joy. As we celebrate baptism, this this wonderful hope that, that even as one girl, Janae, is being baptized, for all of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we, we cling to this hope as well. The hope of the wonderful presence of God. The hope of knowing that, that even death, even death does not have the final say. If you don't have that hope, perhaps today is a day where you recognize your need for Jesus. It doesn't mean you need to know everything. It doesn't mean that you don't have questions or uncertainties. What it does mean is you recognize that in life you can't and don't want to do it on your own. If you'd love to reach out to me, I would love to chat with you. Because I believe where real faith and community begins to grow is when we're honest and open. And so reach out and let's talk about this hope that you can have in Jesus. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, may you live this hope in such a way that it becomes known to others. As I wrap up, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to so many of you that maybe are are going to be watching at home or will be in person, but those who have come alongside and supported me and my family and my extended family in this incredibly difficult time. But as I leave, may I remind you of these words that were first spoken thousands of years ago. Words that speak truth into the difference that Jesus makes. For we do not grieve like people who have no hope because of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your goodness in life. I thank you for your presence in the midst of every season. I just pray particularly for those that are watching today that perhaps have been struggling, perhaps are in a dark or difficult place, And they need hope. Lord Jesus, may they turn to you. May you fill them with your presence. And may they know in a real way that you are with them and you are actively at work in their life. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today, may the God of all hope and compassion fill your life with peace today and forevermore. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris. Our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. 
Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.